Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Funbox Monster Podcast. My name is Tristan. I am Matt Awkward. And uh, tonight we're going to be talking about a little film called Motel Hell. Uh, and we're going to be doing it in a very special way today, yes. which is going to sound probably very strange if you're just listening oh, to no, the podcast. Oh, no, like COVID strange? No, not COVID no. strange. We are, uh, we're going to be doing, uh, we're doing our first video podcast. Uh, we're going to, it's basically a test. Hi, I'm over here. I don't know if it works. Matt's going to try to direct it. This is a brand new <laughs> system. We have no idea what we're doing. So uh, it's going to be, it's going to be hit or miss. It might sound really funny. But, it's going to uh, be hit or miss just like this movie we're covering. Whoa. Hey, coming in hot. I... <laughs> I wanted, since this was going to be our first time doing something mm -hmm. new, I was going to try to have a positive attitude. I'm, I'm positive. I wanted to. I wanted to come at this movie that I, I think, am totally positive. That I think is a very hateful, very upsetting film that kind of bothers me in a lot of ways, <laughs> um, and has haunted me since my childhood. I was hoping to uh, make peace with it ah. through this through this podcast. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> or maybe not. <laughs> maybe anyway, we'll, what are we doing? Uh, we're going to be talking about Motel Hell. Motel Hell. So, 1980. 1980. Uh, yeah, like I said, this movie gave me issues when I was a kid. Um, I watched it way too young, and I still, like, I had to ask people throughout the week, like, who had who knew the movie. I was... I asked like a bunch of people, like, is this a disturbing movie? Like, does this upset other people? It does not disturb me at all. I don't so, find it. You, like, you, said that, you said that, that it I was very disturbing. I didn't find anybody who agreed with me. So, so maybe, nobody found it disturbing but you. I don't, I mean, people who find horror movies in general disturbing did, but like, it, for me, this was like, this was viscerally upsetting. Like, I felt sick to my stomach watching some of this mm -hmm. movie, and I guess it is like, held over childhood feelings about it because when I watched it, it freaked me out. I hadn't seen it since high school and I remembered it being dull. That was the only thing I really remembered. Um, and uh, I still find it kind of dull. Like, I, I don't think it's a bad movie. Yeah. But man, I just feel like it's half an hour too long. Like, it, it feels like it's three hours long when you're watching it. Like, it, that's how I feel when I watch this Oh, thing. it does. I'm just it like, feels, when is this ending? Like, uh, yeah, and... Uh, and it's prop props for I don't know I mean it's not that original cannibal family like that's been done to death but it's definitely sure it's definitely unique oh, it's got some ideas yeah it's got some strong ideas and I uh, I applaud it for those things but it turns out like when we saw it I my feeling was I was watching it and I was like this feels like a chainsaw level like Texas Chainsaw one level horror movie that is just meant to be disturbing. Oh, and I don't feel it's that way. Upsetting. I don't feel it's that way. And then just has all. like little things in it that are funny. Yep. It's not a comedy and it wasn't written that way. And it turns out that that is absolutely correct. It was not written as a comedy. It was like the comedy elements were added after the fact. Uh, just basically because I guess they decided it should be a parody. Yeah, I guess that was the director's decision. He They asked him if he would do it and he said yes, but only if it can be... <sighs> funny and lose uh, I guess there was bestiality and a bunch of other nasty <laughs> almost, you know this would have been a great time for the, for the camera I almost I did a spit take I, when you said bestiality <laughs> I don't know the specifics of that but from what I see yeah the director was just like it's too dark it's too grim if Jeez. I can if we can lose all the dark grim grim stuff and do this then then I'll be on board and they were like okay oh man I don't know why they would cave like that or not want to make right. what they thought. Like but. there aren't a million directors who could have done the movie exactly, they wanted yeah. to do. I, I don't know. It's not like, I mean, 
this guy isn't exactly bringing a massive CV with him that's like, oh, we gotta have the guy that did what was his other movie? He had uh, like a bunch of creature features and, yeah, and like, sci fi horrors like back like in the day. Nothing that like, was really a a big name thing. Yeah, I guess he was kind of like out of work and they tossed him a bone and I guess he still got his way even though they were tossing him a bone so somehow. Weird, I'm, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, there you go. I mean, good on him, I guess. But it, and so, it looks it looks competent. It, I mean, the movie itself looks fantastic. Sure. Acting, everything across the board, yep. really good. Um, it's I think that it just suffers from uh, vision problems, where it doesn't it doesn't feel like a a singular vision of a singular director. You know what I mean? Yep. Like it feels like it's it almost feels like movie by committee which is weird for an indie that is about cannibalistic monster farmers, but it, it does. It still feels like studio interference because it feels like there's like three different tones that don't match each other. Yeah. My problem is it just doesn't make sense. Like Ooh, I don't understand sure. what that, what the hell the whole lawn planting thing is for. Like they never said it, but you said it the other day, right? Yeah. They were trying to make them like veal. I mean, so they yeah. never moved. So they got stringy, but I mean, wouldn't that be the same thing as just tying him to a table and not letting him move at all? Like, sure, but it's not as upsetting. It's not. Yeah, it's not as visual looking. <laughs> I mean, and also it doesn't require any. It doesn't require any extra stuff. You know, you don't have to buy anything. They already had an auger sitting yep. around, so they just dig holes. Dig I mean, that holes? scene when they plant them, and the scene when they break their necks pulling oh, yeah. them out of the ground. Yeesh. I don't know. Everything about this bothers you. It bothers me. I mean, it brings up like it's like factory farm issues, where it's like real things that happen in in a way where it's like, well, you know, I'm not I'm not a vegetarian, but I'm also not stoked about the way that animals are treated in factory farm situations, yeah. and wish that they could do better. I also you find know? it and funny. I don't like that, seeing that. Shit. I also find it funny that it's motel hell and not hell farm like we have a farmer and his whole this entire thing his whole was, thing is planting people but it's like let's throw a hotel in the mix sure. and barely do anything with the damn hotel it's one of those common hotels that has an adjacent farm and you know how like on in psycho like he gets his victims when they like go to the motel like that would make sense like this one he's out there popping people's tires like he, and he owns also a hotel. he's actively telling them not to come to the hotel he's constantly he's putting like, the no vacancy sign on the hotel like what the hell is the point dude what get, the hell is the point of the hotel <laughs> i mean we find out later what the point of him getting the people the way that he does it's that he uses his creativity it, it makes him feel creative yeah feels, yes i mean and before that, you're like, ah, so you put bear traps in the road, whatever. Right. And then the cows happened, and I went, well, okay. Okay, you're the right. cow is creative. You got it. You got it. That is a creative kill. I have never seen someone lay cardboard uh, or <laughs> painted wooden cows across the road yeah. to keep uh, skiers from reaching their destination. Nope. nope. That is that is a first for me. Uh, anyway, let me grab my notes. Skiers out in this desert area here. <laughs> That's... It's one of those things where that is uh, on IMDb. That's credited as, as like a goof. Oh, is it? It's like, look, there are people who just said that they went skiing and they've got you know, well, um, in parkas or whatever, and it's clearly summer. And it's like, yeah, they're probably in California, dude. They probably just came down down from, from the Northern mountains, California. yeah. Uh, and it was probably a mountain where it was <laughs> snowing. You know, it's a six-hour drive, but you can do it. Uh, anyway, we don't know where this is, right? They never say. I don't think they do, no. The location. No. I, I just assume California because of the hippies. Unless it's a real town, because they were in uh, Grains, Grainsville, I think. 
sure. That's what the lady says on the radio, the skier, when she's getting chased. Oh, and uh, it's also on the church when okay. when the, the absolutely pointless Wolfman Jack pastor scene. <laughs> they just got Wolfman Jack and they were like, we got to write we, him something. We got Wolfman Jack. We'll just make him a pastor. Yeah. I got a crazy idea. How about making him a DJ on the radio? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he said, I won't do DJ on the radio. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. I it's, wouldn't blame it's him. It's entirely possible that he was like, yeah, I'll be in the movie. I will not be a fucking DJ. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Okay. Yeah, let's, let's roll. Uh, speaking of why they called this movie Motel Hell, we find out in the first two seconds why. Because somebody had the brilliant idea that, hey, wait a minute. At the Motel Hello, if the O goes out... They're at Motel Hell. Yeah. And so we see a flickering O on the on the hotel and it goes out. And it's nice as as cheesy as it is, the ending is a nice bookend for where it's like yep. okay, so Motel Hello and then it explodes at the end. I was like, okay. I also like just it. I also just absolutely love the neon oh. font for the uh credits in the beginning yeah, like, too like happy days or yeah. uh, like uh like porky's font and with, think, with, and with the, the with the lights all shining red the pulsing red with those yeah. neon light credits like i just think that looks fantastic absolutely no i agree um let's see all right so we see uh our rory calhoun aka farmer vincent smoking a pipe on the porch he goes inside and grabs some shells for his shotgun Uh oh oh boy something's going down uh he pulls his shotgun down off the wall and passes his unconscious what i thought was his wife i mean i think everybody watching this assumed that was his wife his sister it's his sister okay i did and did you realize the cop was his brother too later on bruce i never caught that yeah they do it's true and he mentions that right at the end. He's like, I'm glad I ran away at 11. Like, because he says, like, brother messes it up. Hold on. Yeah. Rory Calhoun is conservatively 176 years old <laughs> in this movie. And that guy's Don't like look 35. At me. I didn't do it. What? <laughs> okay. Uh, maybe cannibalism keeps you. Spry. No, wait. Makes you age prematurely? Maybe he's only like 40. Yeah, no. He also says Bruce is the biggest cannibal in the county. He's been eating my meats for all the time. The biggest cannibal in the county. You know, also not a bad name for a movie. No. Uh, biggest little cannibal in the county. <laughs> so, all right. He does the, uh, oh, she falls asleep listening to the evangelist preacher who is played by Wolfman Jack. And that's a that's a recurring thing that honestly doesn't get used or really go much of it's anywhere. completely unnecessary. The this- Wolfman Jack and the whole... Sure, but I mean, like the the fact that he's a preacher and that they have some uh, like religious he says he can't have sex before he gets married. So it's right. like, yeah, they have the religious angle, but it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, they're not using it. All to... of that could have been just completely scrapped, in my opinion. Agree, agree. Uh, but she's asleep watching this TV evangelist, and he goes out and flicks the no vacancy on the neon sign. And he gets into his truck and drives down the road past a billboard with his face on it, <laughs> advertising his famous smoked meats with the slogan, this is it, which is the most uninspired <laughs> slogan I've ever seen this, in my life. I didn't notice that. This is it. This is it. I mean, later Coke would have a very similar slogan, so maybe it's a better slogan than I think mm-hmm. it is. Coke is it was a legitimate huge slogan for a while. Yeah. So. There you go. They probably got it from Farmer Vincent. Thieves. Bastards. Uh, that's the worst thing Coca-Cola has ever done. <laughs> <laughs> you 
Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. Totally. Don't look up anything that Coca-Cola has ever done. We're uh, gonna lose him as a sponsor. Uh, now. Shit. What I mean is, Coke is it, guys. Uh, Coke's the best. <laughs> Coke's the best. Farmer Vincent sits by the side of the road with his shotgun cocked and waits for an unsuspecting couple on a motorcycle to hit his bear traps. Yeah, but what's he got the shotgun for? Just in case. I guess to back up. But he doesn't want to kill them. He's keeping them alive to plant. Like, is it just to get them in the, if they didn't get knocked out to begin with? Maybe he's going to shoot out their tires if they miss the, if they don't go off the road. Who knows? (laughs) Very strange. There was something later on. I don't know that I put it in my notes, but I think there was something later on where he was like, you know, I used to just shoot out their tires or something like that. So maybe that is. Maybe there's like some sort of this is his creativity. Oh, really gotcha. Yeah. So the, so the shotgun is just a backup. Yeah. yeah. If my, if my creative trap doesn't work. Yes. <laughs> I still don't really know what those were. I think they were like bear traps. But... Yeah, they were like mini bear traps. Yeah. OK. Um, and so the uh, the bike goes off the road. The woman is thrown clear of the accident and the dude a, hits the tree this is such a wonky crash too it i i, I kind of hate this scene because it's just like it, nothing happens to the bike the guy just like jiggles his handlebars a little bit like oh i've been sabotaging and the bike has a sidecar on it even yes. so it's not like they're gonna fall it's over not, yeah, exactly i <clears throat> this part was weak sorry um yeah it was weak but i also every time i see an indie movie where they have like a bike crash or something like that i'm like Good. They did it without killing somebody. Fine. <laughs> I just, I always feel like if you don't have a budget and you're doing something dangerous with a motorcycle, I'm like, just, it can look shitty. I'm I'm glad everyone's okay. <laughs> uh, maybe it's because I've gotten old, but I'm just like, I'm glad that no one was murdered this yeah. day on set. <laughs> uh, okay. So Vincent drags the dude into the back of the truck and he sees that the girl is still alive and kicking. She's real purdy, so I guess he feels bad for her and puts her in the cab. I, I guess. I don't, maybe just, maybe I, he's I smitten his, with her. Is he though? Was his motivation this from the start to hook so. up with her? I or? think it was. They make it very unclear. They like, definitely do. Yeah. But the fact is that he looks at her and sees that she's hot and yeah. is like, maybe she goes in the cab of the truck and maybe we put her inside. So I think that's it, but it is definitely... And that girl was played by Nina Axelrod, who was a casting director on Critters 3 and 4 and played Leonardo DiCaprio's mom at the end of Critters 3. Sure did. Critters Month continues! <laughs> to Much to everyone's chagrin. <laughs> I love that not only did we hate Critters Month by the end, yeah. uh, but everyone else who listens to the podcast <laughs> I'm so glad Critters Month is done. Sorry, everybody. Jeez, I didn't didn't know this free podcast was cramping everybody's style so much. Uh, anyway, uh, okay. So he comes back to the house holding this woman, like Frankenstein, carrying her. Which you know, good on you, Rory Calhoun. You're like old as hell and can still lift a lady. It's the meat. It's. I mean, it's probably the human flesh that keeps him so so spry. <laughs> so uh, he. Uh, his his sister is not terribly impressed with this woman from the get. Yeah. And uh, she continues to be unimpressed with her throughout the whole thing. Which is strange. It's like she they they give her the jealousy of a wife. 
but it's his sister. Like, I mean, listen, this movie so far, everything is so creepy mm-hmm. that you you can just read into it that there's an incest angle because everything else is so gross. Well, I really wonder if there was because that's again maybe that was some of the CD stuff that the director is like, I don't want to do this. I don't know if they had that in there, but sure. if they were throwing bestiality in there, and I don't know where they would throw that in there either, but apparently it was so. I'm stopping them. I cannot even imagine where that would have gone no. in the script. It's none of it makes sense unless there's literally a character that they catch violating a farm animal and then kill him. That yeah. would be the only place I could imagine them putting it. Like to have any of the main characters committing bestiality. Yep. I don't know. There was a Jersey Kaczynski book that I read that had weird bestiality in the middle of nowhere in this horrible World War II thing so you know people like to put that in as a disturb somebody kind of moment uh anyway um let's see oh by the way uh of course uh ida the sister is played by nancy parsons aka miss ball bricker from From porkies Porkies. so that porkies font at the beginning is pretty pretty apt um so she's dressed in like a weirdly like infantilizing pink outfit. She has pigtails. There's like a I don't know what the point of that really is other than to say that maybe she has like a limited intelligence, but she's portrayed as being relatively intelligent. Yeah, I don't the get whole I don't movie. get any Yeah, yeah. Limited no, intelligence at there's, all from there's her. There's no weirdness about that. So She's I got a mean streak though. She does. I mean, it's a good look, honestly. Yeah. So as a cool character. She is a cool character. She does she does amazing work in this movie. This is definitely like her role of a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Uh, so whatever you may think of the rest of the movie, she kills it 100%. And uh, honestly, so does Farmer Vincent. I mean, Oh yeah. He's like a regular Rory Calhoun. Oh, he's totally great. Yeah. yeah. Uh okay. Stand in there. It's like a little Rory Calhoun. Anyway, uh, okay, so Farmer Vincent says, the Lord chose to spare this one. So now we're getting an inkling that between this and the televangelist stuff that we got kind of a Stephen King-style religious weird family thing going on on top of the cannibalism. Uh, She tells him to go pick a bunch of herbs and she'll fix this little flower right up. And it's Mm. like, okay, so now there's like a weird Wiccan witchcrafty why not just throw it why all not just wall. put it up put it all <laughs> in there or either maybe she's a genius botanist maybe it's a resident evil game level that <laughs> i don't remember whatever magic herbs uh now an obnoxious family shows up apparently they've stayed at this motel and, <laughs> and they, they they can't get enough of farmer farmer vincent's meat they've been eating it forever and it truly is the best to tell. <laughs> and they have two girls which i i don't know if it's just a coincidence or a shining homage like twin girls but i love the look of this where they they have they both have uh ray guns yes. and a balloon tied to their wrist yep and i just find that's a that's a fun little it was cool quirk detail yeah i mean and also the the ray guns made noises that were exceptionally annoying and yeah. so it added to them running around with the balloon and shooting the ray guns was yep. very very irritating which is exactly what they wanted um and so yes i also like this this is like a the theme throughout the world like through literature through everything through horror movies if you taste human flesh you just cannot go back. You are addicted to yes. human flesh forever. Windigo. Yeah, I guess I guess it even goes back to the Windigo thing. Uh, and then you fight Wolverine, according to <laughs> certain books that I've read. Uh, anyway, um, so 
uh, he's he has gift packs. They're reasonably. They're way too reasonable. They're way too reasonably priced. Two two ninety eight for dude. Two ninety eight for a, a full box of meats, sir. Come on, man. There can't be that many. I don't know how he keeps his volume up. Well, this is also nineteen eighty, so that two ninety eight maybe be like ten or twelve bucks now, which is which still is still too still a little. Good deal. It should yeah. be fifty bucks. I mean, human flesh is expensive. <laughs> Does he? Okay, so all this meat is it is though? Like, he gets it for free. Kind of. Yes. He so. just has to put the work in. It, it just seems like it's a lot of work. And he he spreads it out through a hundred miles. If it's really popular, he's delivering meat a hundred miles in a circle. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's a very small town. It seems. I don't know. That seems like a lot of bodies to process. Yes. That uh, somebody might just. Somebody somebody might just notice some people missing over the past 30 years of doing this. And you might think that considering he doesn't dispose of anyone's vehicle or move it anywhere, like, there's... He just dumps them all in the same lake. <laughs> well, some of them, the the bike, he didn't even move. Oh, it yeah. It was just right there when the sheriff goes yeah. to look for it. He's like, huh, bike. Mm. I, yeah, I don't know about Bruce. He <laughs> clearly doesn't do a lot of work normally. Well, that's the thing. Like Bruce is Bruce is weird because it's set up like all these things. Like you would assume that he was in on it, you know, especially during the picnic scene where he's like boasting, Absolutely. talking about the beats and everything. Like you think this guy's totally in on it, but then later on you find out like, oh, this is all a surprise to him. It's all but, it's all a total shock. But he's also his brother, so he's, he's like, had yeah, no. Well, of course, we all ate that dog. Yeah, he's had, exactly. But we're not weird. Yeah, he's had he's had no inkling. He's been doing this. <laughs> no, no clue. That's so weird. <laughs> All right, so uh, okay, they uh, they wander around and see. Oh my god, this scene of these kids—they're like, "All right, we're gonna wander around the farm." Yep. And so they break off from their family. The family cannot be bothered to look for them. Doesn't notice that they're missing. Uh, but they, in a scene, well, they told them to run off while they finalize their meat purchase. <laughs> I mean, yeah, of course. You can't you can't finalize a meat purchase with two <laughs> kids in the room. That's crazy. But this is reminiscent of a thing that literally happened to me as a child. They went off and wandered into the uh, the hanging pig carcass room on a farm. I was out at a uh, that. Oh, that actually happened to you. Oh, it did. Eesh. Yeah, I was like out at a at a party at a farm. Like my parents took me out to this thing, and yep. I left the left the party. Wandered out into the... Because, you know, you wander into barns. I grew up around farms. You wander into barns. And this one, I had not gone to a pig farm before. And there were just hanging hog carcasses. And I was traumatized. So maybe that's where this comes from. Maybe this is a personal thing going back. You know what? This therapy session is really helping. Thanks, everybody. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Okay, so... Uh, they they actually don't freak out at all. Like, they go in, they see a bunch of hog carcasses, and they're like, no, hog guy. carcasses. That's weird. Do, 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 do. Ooh, look, more body parts. Do-ba-do-ba-do. Blood everywhere. Do-ba-do-ba-do. <laughs> and then it takes Ida slamming the door open and going, bugga, 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 bugga. Yeah, and, well, it throwing pig carcasses, shooting pig carcasses at them, too, to freak them oh, out. Oh, really? Yeah, but I then... I missed that. Yeah, they, they, the door opens up and pig carcasses come out. That's what spooks them. But then Ida pops up wearing that pig head. It, it, but for why? Mm. Like this, you know... <laughs> I don't know. It just seems like 
that's a bad way to run your business, I guess. Like, I'm going to scare the guests. I'm going to scare the children of the people that are here giving us money by putting a giant severed pig's head on my head. And th- this is a good idea. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it all works out because it turns out that uh, Farmer Vincent is very good with kids. Because when, uh, <laughs> when the meat-crazed parents who couldn't be bothered with their to go look for their kids yep. are literally piling into their car and ready to leave without the twins, uh, they come running in, close themselves in the back of the car, and just scream at the top of their lungs. <laughs> As any child would. And the farmer's like, I'll calm them down. And looks in the window, he screams and scares them too. <laughs> Crazy monster face. Yeah. And then the little kids are like, okay, he should be a therapist. Yeah. Oh, Screw this cannibalism and gig. Can, can you imagine going somewhere and buying something and somebody goes, let me give you a souvenir sticker. And they just put a bumper sticker on your on car your without car? asking. Oh my gosh. That yeah. put me out. <sighs> I would imagine that you would be driven to murder. Yes. <laughs> I should start putting... I had considered doing that. We used to have a real problem with people parking in our parking lot mm-hmm. without uh, without permission, so yep. like stealing all of our parking spaces. And I had considered just putting bumper stickers of the store on their cars Perfect. just to be like, there you go. Well, at least you can advertise for yep. us. Plop. <laughs> but I decided not to be that much of a dick because I'm that, only a dick in theory. And that store is Coast City Comics and CoastCityComics.com. As you can see, looking around... You can see that this this wonderful store that you're seeing before you in wonderful, uh, I don't know, YouTube vision, whatever you want to call it, uh, it's it looks great, except for when you cut to me and I look like I'm in a closet because my workspace is trashed. Sorry, everybody. Anyway. I've got books behind. Yeah, you actually look like you're in a real store. I look like I'm literally locked in a supply closet. <laughs> But it is a real store, and you can go to CoastCityComics.com and get yourself a Funbox Monster Podcast t-shirt today. Nice. Very well done. (laughs) Okay. Uh, All right. Uh, So now Farmer Vincent heads out to his secret ivy-covered door, which leads to the secret barn, and he puts on an 8-track, which we'll learn about later, kind of. It's this is kind of a, a Wagyu beef kind of thing where it's like they're playing music for the the people. Is that, that what it's doing? Yeah, yeah. It's like they play music for them and bury them and eh, whatever. It's it's gross and weird. So uh, Ida is uh, hiding behind the door uh, <laughs> with a meat cleaver when the cops show up with their <laughs> like again we get a cop showing up with his his lights blaring and his sirens going. He's like, ah, oh, we've heard. Tales of disturbance. And Ida grabs him, holding a meat cleaver, throws no, but, him on the but bed. But the thing is, she's not holding a meat cleaver. She is in the shadows. And then and when then she jumps gone. out, it's magically gone. Like, what the? Yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> it's the magic of Motel Hell. She's no longer holding it. But and if Bruce is his brother, which we find out, why is he coming up sirens blazing? Like, that's... It is very Grr. strange. It's a very strange choice to have the sirens going for this whole thing. But there you go. Uh, it's all fun. They're all friends. It's a big goof. Yeah. <laughs> They're having a big goof. So uh, Bruce the Lawman then Good sees times. the hot lady staying with them, though. And he's <laughs> like, oh, who is this wonderful woman uh, hanging out with the Meat family? Vincent explains <laughs> in his own terribly worded way. While they're all standing there, he's like, oh, yeah, she's here. By the way, her boyfriend is dead. She's like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's like bad bedside <laughs> manner, even is, for a cannibal family. This whole family. scene is just so awkward, too, where he's just... It is. This all seems to fly. He's just like, yeah, sorry, yeah. 
He died. I buried him at sunup. Like, what? And she's like, who gave you the right to bury him? And the sheriff says, well, under certain circumstances in this county, it's okay to bury people randomly in the What the circumstances? <laughs> you wouldn't call the police for a dead body? You just bury it yourself in the cemetery? <laughs> Jeez Louise. He doesn't have a phone. Yeah. Probably. I can only assume that it's against the Lord or something to have a phone. So either way, she's pretty perturbed by this whole situation and uh you assume that she's going to want to get the fuck out of there as quickly as possible but guess what she doesn't no uh bruce the lawman is like hey uh, you know just i just want to you know dot some i's and cross some t's here (laughs) where did you bury the body so that i can at least go see the stick that you put on top of it and uh he's like oh come on let's go to the local cemetery i I hand wood burned. Uh, <laughs> right, <laughs> it's very nice. He had a uh, he had a router that he made the the sign for. He has a little. Did you notice? Cross. Did you notice, dude? Her boyfriend too is like fifty something. I, I I noticed that right away, and I was like, I think that's oh. I think that's planted the seeds for exactly. why she would. I guess she likes the older guys. Yeah, that, honestly, I thought that was kind of brilliant yeah. in a weird way, where I was like, I mean, there is. It is inexplicable that she would go for Vincent, but then when you see that she's with a dude who's like sixty years old, you're like, oh, okay. Yep. Maybe that's maybe that's the thing. And then when you see the guy later, you're like, that dude's not sixty years old. <laughs> sixty in nineteen eighty, that guy would have looked haggard as hell. Yeah. But uh, anyway, um, so uh, they, I guess, actually, she doesn't really get much of a chance to to say whether she's going to leave or not because. Basically, uh, Vincent cuts her off before she can say anything. And he's like, ah, we're going to need help around this place anyway. It would be nice to have a new face around the place. Oh, I'm sure you don't have any life of your own whatsoever to get back to. No, of course. Her family doesn't want to see her. She doesn't have a job. She doesn't have anything. I mean, she was driving up. She was riding in a motorcycle. She couldn't have anything going on. Doesn't even ask where that motorcycle is. Couldn't want to go to the funeral of her boyfriend. Yeah, well, there won't be one because he already got done done buried. You could at least do a service. Yeah. Maybe tell Maybe somebody in his a, family. Get Wolfman Jack to do the service. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> Looks like your boy, your boyfriend, dad, baby. Oh, baby, your boyfriend's dead. Ow! <laughs> Thanks so much for coming out to this cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, my, my entire Wolfman Jack persona is strictly lifted from Upright Citizens Brigade. <laughs> yes. uh, if you have not seen uh, the doorbell sketch, up, up, just search... Wolfgang, Wolfman, Wolfman Jack, Jack doorbell, doorbell yeah. on, on YouTube and you'll find uh, the upright sketch. It's pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we cut to the next day and Vincent is feeding his pigs and the USDA inspector comes by to see if the pigs are sick or whatever. And do you know what happened here? Because I could not figure it out. So he, what? like, the the inspector, like, looks at the pigs. He's like, da, 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 da. he's down in the pen and he looks out into the distance kind of at the road. He sees he sees the wonky secret garden wall, I think, is what he sees. It's it's not clear at all, but I think he's I think that's what, what we're I think that's what we're supposed to gather is that he's seeing that that secret wall and seeing that hey, oh, okay. Those ju- that just looks a little weird over there. Is he hiding something? Like he can't tell if it's like a But I mean, when he goes over there, like Vincent comes out of it and it's and he's holding a bloody fucking <laughs> cleaver when he comes out. 
and he when he comes out with the bloody cleaver, the the USDA guy's like, whoa, oh my god, he falls over and falls in the mud like yep. slapstick style. But it's like, do you not know what he does with the pigs when he's done with? Yeah, them? right. Like, is this is this a mystery? Oh, are to you, you killing pigs? Here? My God, this <laughs> this pig farm has a slaughterhouse <laughs> on it. This is unbelievable to me. It's like, dude, that's. I also think it's funny too that he jumps into his car with the mud. Yeah. Like he's wearing a trench coat and that got completely covered in mud and he doesn't think to like take that coat well, off first before sitting down. That's just how shocked he is to find out that these pigs are being killed right here on this premises. He has to go investigate this. What could possibly be in the room with the bloody cleaver where the pigs are being processed? Yep. And somehow he actually is surprised by what he finds. Well, I mean, it could also be, oh yeah, because he's not looking at the secret wall at that time. He's looking at the, the shed, right? He's trying he to was... peek in the shed. Maybe, maybe he's So maybe saw... he's just trying to see if he's following health. Maybe he's just trying to see if he's following health code recommendations. Well, if he's with the USDA, he's more than welcome to go look at just that. Just walk in there. Just be like, all right, I need to take a look at this because, you know, the federal government wants to know if there's <laughs> rat feces in your smoked meats. But uh, I guess he's just there to inspect the hooves of the pigs, which are apparently infected. So, I mean, already he's got a... He's got a pretty serious ding on him, so... Oh, well. Uh, so, after this guy gets freaked out by finding out where Bacon comes from, uh, we find the new hot girl, Terry, watching the evangelist on the couch with Ida. She's saying she really doesn't know if she should go home. Or, uh, yes, go home? Does I, she have a home? Well, <laughs> she... I mean, she mentions it. She says, I don't even know. Should I go home? What should I do? It's like, I, I just don't get her motive, her motivation for staying here. They didn't set up her having a bad home life or whatever. The entire Terry thing doesn't make any sense to it's, me. It feels, like, it feels like they're relying on the audience to say, oh, she's with an older man. She must have, you know, daddy issues and a bad home life mm -hmm. or something. It's like, okay, come on, guys. I mean, it's 1980, but please. This is weirdly sexist, even for 1980. Mm. Uh, anyway, okay. So, uh, Vincent starts talking about how she's blessed to stay here. And she flips like a switch. And she's like, wait a minute. Maybe God does want me here. Oh, it's, yeah. It's so dumb. Uh, as if yeah. the as if the evangelist has totally like convinced her. All right, yeah, I sure I was like a free he loose is Wolfman hippie Jack running around oh. with a hell's angel or whatever. But you know, this Wolfman Jack fellow's got to <laughs> <laughs> make some really good points. So, uh, he hits the no vacancy sign again, and. Uh, we find the USDA guy has decided to sneak up at night. He's snooping. He's snooping. He's, he's snooping. Again, like you said, he's USDA inspector. He has the right to check this shit out. your job. It's like, if you feel uncomfortable, you work for the bring, government. Bring a partner. Bring a cop. You know, like, dude, you are... You're, you can literally shut this place down with a word. You don't have to tell him to his face. Yeah. You can say, you're shut down... And then just people go out there and make sure that he's not doing stuff. But and if he doesn't do it, they take him to jail. So I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. But uh, whatever. He 
we just had to have him get caught and yep. put into the put into the sack. So that's basically what happens. He uh, he uncovers a secret garden. I love that they call it the secret garden in this too, <laughs> yeah. which is. I was like, oh, that's what the that's what the movie Secret Garden was about. <laughs> it's about people's heads. And I rented sacks. the wrong Secret Garden. Oh, really good. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, so he goes in. He sees that he sees that there's a bunch of these potato sacks on the ground in this garden, and then one of them starts to move, and they're making these hideous hissing noises because, as we find out later, they have been operated on to take out their their larynx or whatever their voice box has been removed so all they can do is hiss it just seems like that would kill them <laughs> can you do that can you just oh, chop somebody's vocals without sure. cutting their throat that... sure you could absolutely i thought the vocals were in the throat so you'd have to cut the throat anyway to get in there like... i mean she's real good she knows also i mean maybe that's why they're setting up her magic ability with herbs oh yeah is to be like oh she knew how to how to cut this and heal them yeah yeah that she's got some sort of magic witchy ability to to fix people who knows but it's listen i think i think it's undeniable that this is a disturbing concept oh yeah that the idea of these people like stuck under uh, unable to move in the ground with sacks over their heads and their vocal cords cut out just hissing whenever they come near and the visual alone when you see all the the lined up sacks everywhere yeah i love it oh it's yeah it's it's an amazing visual and all that and then later on when the hippies show up when the band gets in there and the guy with the fake beard is there then it becomes funny yeah. So I guess there is there is some comedy to this. Oh, that beard what? that beard bothers me. I it takes it, me out of it. I sure. hate that beard. <laughs> the beard was stupid. But yep. how else would you know that he's a hippie? <laughs> I mean, the singer for Ivan and the Terribles would yeah. only have that kind of a beard. <laughs> By the way, what a waste of the best fucking band name on a band right? that doesn't exist. <laughs> I'm so mad. I was like, and what a waste of a van. The van. They crashed that beautiful oh, van. Yeah. Oh, my God. I would quit my job tomorrow if Ivan and the Terribles pulled up in that van and said, we need a drummer. I'd be like, all right, well, closing the store. Goodbye, everybody. I'm off. I'm joining Ivan and the Terribles. I really don't care what they sound like. I mean, I've heard what they sound like. They're great. It's decent. It's not bad. I bet if they had a full band set up, they'd You wouldn't even need to bring your drums. Just bring a bag of Cheetos to hit. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I do love that. I love this idea that like a band when they're on tour, they're like, "Well, we got to practice all the time. Yeah. We can't just drive someplace. We got to constantly be playing our hit songs." Um, it's it's a very Muppets version of like the whole thing. They are the Electric Mayhem basically. Mm-hmm. They're like a human version. Okay. So, uh whatever, he gets caught doing this and uh Vincent bonks him on the head with a shovel and says, another spot check, Bob. (laughs) And there you go. That's when we smash cut to the dopest van in the world. Yeah, and we meet Ivan and the Terribles. God, man. They're just smoking weed and playing along with their classic love. I've had it up to here. Yeah, I love that this is synced to the music, too, when we first meet them and he's passing the joint and then he goes like, yeah, with the the music. So good. It's perfect. It's so good. And also, I mean, the fact that the song is called I've Had It Up To Here and they're about to be buried up to their necks in dirt. Oh, I didn't catch that one. It's not bad. Not bad at all. That's so, like that's just like the uh, the "You Want It All" song, <laughs> and there's nothing out there in the shower scene with no nudity. Yeah. Yep, perfect so little true. joke. Love that stuff. Uh, okay, so 
they uh, they run over a classic Farmer Vincent road trap. This is one where he's not really being terribly creative. It's super creative, dude. He put spikes in the road. Sorry, but he flips that van, which is an unforgivable sin in yeah. my book. That van... And they also have that other joke, too, where he's just like, oh, man, the weed's too heavy. we got to find somewhere to crash. <laughs> We've got to find some place to crash, and then they crash, yes. Okay, that's all right. And uh, <laughs> so... Uh, Vincent shows up and he's got a gas mask on. He punch he pumps a bunch of knockout gas into the van full of hippies, uh, knocking them unconscious. I assumed this was going to be a joke about their drug tolerance and that they wouldn't go out from all of them. That they were just oh, that would have been a great high, thing. Yeah, keep keep pumping it, dude. dude. Keep pumping great. it in here, old yeah. man. Yeah, <laughs> but no. Instead, it does knock them out. And uh, while he's moving them out, he and Ida have a stroll down memory lane about about all of his various kills and, you know, the life that they've led so far. And he talks about how how it's great for this, uh, this for his creativity and all that stuff. Um, he's like, oh, and I've got a surprise for yeah. you. Which I, I assumed was just that I was hoping when that happened, I was like, oh, she's a big fan of this band and they're going to keep them hostage. And they're gonna have to play for the heads in that. Oh, that would have been And that literally, great. like every time they go out, she's like the biggest fan of this band. As you, they were like, "Oh, we were gonna kill and eat you, but now we're gonna chain you up." And they all have like animal from the Muppets chains around yeah. their neck, and they're just made to play their instruments oh, all that day would, long. That's a fantastic idea. Oh, what a lost, what real, a lost opportunity! Real missed opportunity. But of course, we should mention that one of the one of the band members is Cliff Clavin from Cheers. Yep. Yeah. So that's pretty weird. Anyway, okay, so uh, the the surprise was that Bob from the USDA was there. That was the whole thing. Uh, Ida goes to her corpse garden to visit one of the people she has trapped there and to explain this whole thing about cutting the vocal cords and how they're kept motionless to atrophy their mus- muscles and blah, blah, blah. Uh, she drags the band into the garden. Vincent augers some holes with his giant, you know, auger and they plant them (laughs) they They, pop them all in they say they refer to it as planting them which is pretty funny i mean i gotta admit there's something about it uh and this is where we get the classic line uh because they're hippies so ida says that sure is a bunch of funny looking critters you got there and together they say, well, you know what they say. It takes, it takes all, all kinds of critters, critters to make Farmer Vincent's fritters. fritters. And then they laugh Why together. Why wouldn't that be on the billboard? <laughs> because <laughs> this is it. <laughs> oh, oh, gotcha. <laughs> so much better. For yes. Them, so much better slogan. Uh, they inject the hippies and cut their vocal cords. I found this disturbing, too. Yeah, I didn't like that scene. It was pretty upsetting. This, I still think this movie verges into torture porn in a lot of mm-hmm. places. But new smash cut here, straight into a picnic. Uh, and this is probably the funniest line, and I don't know if it was meant to be funny, but uh, Terry's line here, she's, she's like eating this sandwich that they have, and she's like... It's like I've never tasted ham before, <laughs> <laughs> which I like. That's pretty funny that's, fucking that's line. That's the magic of the of the Vincent meat, though, man. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not ham. It, I mean, it or, is, I mean, it could be ham. I, from from what I hear, it tastes like ham. Mm. You know, that's the long pork, what they call it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so 
she says she says no wonder you're so famous and then in a wonderfully contradictory <laughs> turn of turnabout she's like why have i never heard of you <laughs> yeah right i okay you, i i don't know that is the, a very confusing couple of sentences to throw together <laughs> um but uh, the sheriff is like Oh, she, he explains that he only delivers meats within a hundred miles, blah, blah, blah. And then the sheriff starts telling a story about how Vincent killed the family dog that was annoying his granny. And uh, and he just smoked he, that dog up. How did up. he think this was going to go? Like, eh. I, uh, like I, you're just going to roll with this and be like, oh, you ate, it, you ate your family dog? Oh, that's cute. It's, it <laughs> is very, it's interesting. I mean, it seems, it seems to me that Farmer Vincent would know that this would not be a... Right. story that would go over well he seems they, smart enough to know that i don't know why he would say that especially if he's trying to woo this girl is right what we were i mean he, he is trying to slowly indoctrinate her into the lifestyle he does want to get her to the point where she is working procuring meats and like actually making the making the food yeah but i think i feel like one of the more important parts of this story is that he says that he smoked the dog that day. I'm like, dude, it's not going to really be all that good if you smoked it for like three hours. Mm. Dude, come on. Like two weeks yeah. in a smoker brining. Come on, dude. What what are you doing? Mm. That dog's going to taste like shit. So <laughs> that is not how you, that's not how you smoking dog <laughs> is what I'm saying. Anyway, uh, meat's meat and a man's got to eat is the family philosophy and they get that out there right after getting the Farmer yep. Vincent's Fritters line. They've got catchphrases for days. Totally. Uh, Ida comes a very close to spilling the beans here that they eat people. Th- this was just weird too. But then Vincent punches her in the right gut. Right in the gut. <laughs> but it's like, if this is the family secret and they've been doing this for 30 years, like Ida would know better than to just say that. I mean... Ida wants to kill this woman, and basically revealing the story and having her freak out would be a good excuse to murder oh, her. Oh, I mean, I don't sense. know if that's I don't yep. know if that's her motivation, but it certainly would be a good excuse to kill her. Uh, and so, I'll give it that. But also, like, uh, <laughs> I, I guess this is part of the joke, where you know, where any normal human being would see this as. Obviously, she's, they're hiding something, but she's so stupid that she can't see that this was a, yep. you know, and it's made out of my very own, sh- yeah. you know, like, <laughs> wait, shouldn't that be a clue that you're making something gross? Nah, whatever. Anyway, uh, Terry and Bruce go for a delightful boat ride because they're on like <laughs> In, a- like the tiniest- pond ever like it's man-made yeah that pond is clearly concrete on the edges too it feels like you just have a better time walking around it than just floating in the middle yeah i i would worry about that pond it has cesspool written all over it you yeah. know what i mean like next to a farm made of concrete it's like he's dumping his pesticides <laughs> in there i don't like that at all but they jump in it Ugh, I, I hope i hope all the actors are okay is all i'm saying <laughs> anyway um so she's no longer weirded out by the dog-eating weirdos. and She's just having a delightful time. Uh, she takes Bruce up on his offer to go see a public domain feature at the drive-in. And that... Well, kind of at the drive-in. <laughs> that's like, dude, there's this... a... You're a cop. You could just go in, yeah. dude, right? Like, you could abuse your... I love that instead of abusing his cop privileges, 
He's like, no, we could watch it through binoculars. What a tool. Yeah. No wonder she's going for the old man. After making everybody have to end their makeout sessions. I mean, yes. Of which course. is which is just and this whole scene is just I guess that was a joke, like Yeah. People jump out of the car and run naked and but then uh, it wasn't the joke. It was the way that they got their nudity in because they yeah, couldn't yeah, yeah. figure out how else to get full frontal nudity from somebody. But in then this when movie. they were leaving, everybody was having like a demolition derby. Like yes, <laughs> I will admit that that was like. I mean, this movie is like again. It's like if you took an episode of The Dukes of Hazard and put it together with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, <laughs> and like just edited the two things together mm-hmm. and tried to form a narrative. Which, you know what. Sounds pretty decent. It actually sounds pretty fun. <laughs> I would totally watch that. So if anybody out there wants to edit together an episode of the Dukes of Hazard to make it seem like it's part of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I'll totally watch it. Anyway, um, Ida and Vincent are force-feeding people stuck in the ground, which is another very disturbing scene. Yeah. Uh, Ida asks the big question here of, will people really appreciate what we're doing in the future? I mean, someone, and she's like, someone has to take responsibility for the planet. So we also get this idea that they feel like there's too many people on the planet, that overpopulation is a huge problem. Well, he problem. straight up says that later yes, on. and that they're going to... But it's to, such a crock of shit. Like, how much, how, much, how much population control are you really doing with your little 10-person head guard in here, dude? Everybody's like, got to do their part, man. It's just like recycling. You know what? You, it may seem like it's just an aluminum can to you, Matt. <laughs> but to some penguin, that's their life's blood. They're going to eat that can <laughs> or something. I don't understand how recycling works. Uh, anyway, um, okay, so what do we got? Oh, yeah, the makeout spot, naked people. Oh, a tiny bit of nudity. Delightful, delightful. Uh, and then, How about a sexual assault? That's <sighs> so weird because... I will. I don't want to say that I'll defend this scene, but I I will say that it wasn't kind of. He was way obviously way off base, Pushy. but the person that said stop was not was the not her. One yeah, her. That it was made to sound like she said stop, but it was someone else as like a distraction. <laughs> she absolutely was on the verge of saying. Yeah, that. it was the movie that said, or no, but, it was the girl on the uh it was the radio. The girl on the radio. Because the, the skiers had a. CB radio, CB. I guess. Yep. <laughs> of course they so did. So weird. <laughs> um, yeah. So, let's see. Yeah, this is where we cut to the skier. This is where we cut to the skiers too. Oh, while right. they're watching the movie, so, yes. while they're watching the movie through binoculars, like, could you imagine watching a whole drive-in movie sitting in your? And they pipe the movie. And they pipe the movie the- into the police radio, and they have to watch it with binoculars the whole time. It's pretty stupid, but. Uh, th- as I an experiment, s- as, as an experiment, I'd love to try to watch a movie in binoculars now and see how, see like, would your arm get so sore holding oh, those I'm up for the entire? A hundred percent. Just stupid. I don't. But I don't need to do the experiment. I know. It's no, gonna you, suck. you already know. Yeah. You already know. But I gotta say, this next scene for a movie that I didn't feel like had a lot of actual comedy in it, this worked for me. This the I cows. found very funny. The cows. Yes. Yeah. The cow scene. So, like, the two ladies returning from the ski vacation, they're going down the road, and there's just a bunch of, like, cartoon cow cutouts blocking the whole road. They looked like these really shitty lawn decorations that people have in their garden, or they did back in, like, the 90s a lot. Yes, and they're just like, 
there's cows in the road. So the, the joke is that they can't tell that these hilariously poorly made <laughs> cow cutouts aren't actual cows. And it kind of made me laugh. Whatever. It's funnier than the human veal scenes. Uh, and and the other thing that I loved was her line. She goes out there and she sees that there's a bunch of cartoon cutout cows in the road. And she's like, there's something weird going on. <laughs> Solid observation, lady. Loved it. Um, so after some arguing, the driver pulls a pulls a handgun from the glove box, hands it to the uh, actually goes out, looks at it, blah, blah, blah. And then she gets got she gets a uh, uh, gas mask slapped yep. over her face in a very sloppy bit of work by by Farmer Vincent this time. Oh, totally. I also this is a, not up to his normal. I also find it weird work. that he doesn't have a. Well, I guess this isn't a slasher per se, but you know what I mean. When, sure. when killers have their typical look, like he wears that pig head at the end, like it seems it, it seems like it would almost work if he was wearing that pig head now. You know what I mean? So he had that identifiable bad guy mask. Absolutely. To me, this was going to be something where the pig head was going to be like I thought the pig head should have been in the scenes where he's getting people, and then it was going to be a red herring that the person wearing like you were going to be like oh thank god we got Vincent but then it was Ida wearing the pig head or something you know yep. what i mean like it seemed like an excuse to put some sort of red herring death into the end of this but no nah, nothing or like to have Bruce wear it to be like yeah. oh no it was Bruce getting them the whole time yep. he was also one of the ones that wears the pig's head and gets them you know like there were a lot of endings to this that would have been a lot more like a normal horror movie, or, you know, or at least felt more satisfying, I think. But it is what it is. So the uh, the person who was in the passenger seat gets into the driver's seat, drives off. She's getting away somehow. Farmer Vincent's 1940s <laughs> Ford is catching up with her Cadillac. Yep. Not 100% sure how that's happening, but... It is, and uh, luckily she has a sleeper has this... truck. <laughs> yes, it's. I'm sure that he's got like a nitro boost on mm. it or something. It's all it's all rigged up inside, but she's she's calling on the on the radio, doing a a report about the person chasing her, and we find out that Bruce is kind of surprised that there is someone trying to murder someone out in his jurisdiction, mm -hmm. which, again, that now we know that he's not in on. He's it. not in on it at all. No. So uh, he's just very stupid and a terrible, terrible <laughs> officer, which, you know, is not a crime. Being stupid and a bad police officer isn't technically a crime. There'd be a lot less police officers if it was. <laughs> oh, <laughs> some harsh, Whoopsies. harsh rebukes to police. I didn't say that. Certainly not when people can see my face. <laughs> oh, God, Matt, you're done. You're ruined. It's all over for you. Canceled. Canceled. Uh, yeah. No, I think I think the police have a little more to worry about. Mm. Uh, anyway, um, let's see. Uh, the sheriff again with the fucking Dukes of Hazard stuff. They get caught in the mud. Yeah. The, and the sheriff tries to push him out. <laughs> They're out to try and save this person, but he gets caught in the mud and he falls down and he's all muddy. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, and. Uh, uh-oh. Back at the motel, looks like Ida forgot to turn on the no vacancy Whoops. sign. This is going to cause a real complication. Pe people may actually come to our hotel that we're running for some reason. 
yes, and then we'll have to kill them where they are in an easy way. It was instead of setting traps, they, we can make them just come to us. It just seems so much easier. Yeah, there's no wreckage to move. There's like you can just drive the right? car to wherever you need to go. Like nothing here seems like. I just don't know like why much- there is a hotel in this. <laughs> Yeah. So, Why I mean, isn't it just Farmer Vincent's farm? For this hilarious scene. Which about, it is hilarious. It's, there's some good stuff here. But it's we get this basically like uh, Sonny and Cher It turns into couple. a John Waters movie. Straight up. <laughs> this, they are, there are these two swingers that show up at this thing. Apparently they paid to be, apparently Farmer Vincent. He put it in a swingers publication magazine pamphlet the thing? the back page. He paid for the entire back page of a swingers magazine? I guess it's a half-size pamphlet, whatever. It's a zine. Yeah, I, it is. It's essentially like cool places for swingers yep. to go for a good time. And, of course, Farmer Vincent's Cannibal Ranch is one of them. And and they're all surprised by this. Like, Farmer Vincent is surprised that it's there, too. So that's very yeah. odd. But this is this is this type of swinger that has that only exists in movies where they have literally every fetish. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you have every fetish, you no longer have a fetish. If your fetish is just having fetishes, that's weird. I don't. I'm gonna put on my clear plastic tutu and wear a bra and, and pour jelly all over me. And uh, oh yeah, I bring, hope I get as well. And uh, I hope I get to have sex with an old man. Yeah, I hope well, that I get, <laughs> I get to have sex with this weird looking lady. Uh, like I'm into being whipped. I'm into like literally. There is. They hope that they're into animals. There's a bestiality reference there. Oh, is there? Oh, a there was. He says, I hope they're into animals. Oh. Oh, I bet that was where the beast There's where came. our beast was going to come in. Oh, gross. Anyway, <laughs> but it, as a joke, it couldn't possibly be. But whatever. It's They are into literally everything. And Farmer Vincent and Ida are like, yeah, go on in and we'll, we'll meet you in there. So that's weird. But uh, the, the dude looks like... Sonny from Sonny yeah. and Cher, uh, very much, and the lady looks kind of like Sybil Danning, I guess. <laughs> um, so uh, Ida comes in; they're all excited that that the two of them are there, and Ida's got the got the knockout. It gas, makes no sense, and they're like, "Yay, nitrous!" <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited. That was pretty funny. You know, I mean, I guess I can see them thinking that that's what that was. And she's like, wait, this doesn't smell like nitrous, but they've already been tied up for the bondage that they're also into because they're <laughs> into literally everything. Uh, and there you go. Gonna get eaten. Now, uh, Vincent has decided that he's going to move Terry along in the in the introduction to his business. He's going to teach her the art of smoking meat. And you will definitely hear the term smoking meat a lot in this movie. <laughs> smoking meat. Yes. Uh, it, I don't really understand how this was supposed to go down. Like, I don't. I think he was going to ease her into it. And Ida was going too fast. Ida didn't think she was going to learn at all. Oh, Ida was just like... She was trying to cover up. She Ida was didn't to... want her involved. So that's why she was like, oh, let's leave here. Okay, I think I get it. I think I understand this. So, they go into the slaughterhouse. Well, because I think Ida is actually going to... Yeah, because Terry looks into the slaughterhouse. Terry looks into the slaughterhouse and finds... Because Vincent actually tells her to go in. Yeah, 
But then when Ida pops out, she was like, what are you doing? She's like, I was going to learn how to do this. And she's like, oh, that changes everything. But then Ida notices that the fingers are floating up in that soup that she was about to process. So she's like, oh, I can't show her the body's parts yet. Right. I mean, I think... I, I can't the I would just be pulling She's like, shit I can't, together. I can't I can't show her the body parts now, but I was almost about to expose this entire thing at a picnic five minutes ago. Right, but I think what this does is this gives them the opportunity to go out to the pond, go inner tubing, and then give her the chance to try and murder Terry. I think this whole scene should have been excised. This whole I entire think this part. entire scene was to see Terry's boobs through a white yep. shirt, and it made a funny joke too with the, with the tubing thing when she was like, "Because tubing is putting the stuff in the right, sausage," yeah, yeah. and it's like, "Oh, we can't do the tubing because of the body parts." Um, wee. So that was a pretty funny gag. Okay, you know what? I think I finally get that, and I think okay, you know what? That's all right. I'm all right with that. It's a funny gag, but I just feel like this. I feel like this movie is too damn long, and sure. this this whole tubing thing. Well, yes, fun boobs. eye candy and boobs, but it's just why? Like, why? I mean, she could have killed her in the shed if she was just gonna kill her. Like, unless Ida's just seriously broken. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't really understand. I mean, she, if she was gonna kill her, or unless she's she literally right there, or with unless, a bunch of chains, or unless on she the was wall. going to try to drown her and not be like, I don't know where she went. That way, there would be no body to like explain right. to Vincent. Yeah, that might be it. That might be it. So, who knows? Uh, but we do. We go through all this. She tries to. She tries to drown her, but Vincent saves her in the nick of time. We go back to the house, and Ida pretends that she was just scared and she was flailing because she didn't know how to swim, and so she almost dragged her under. Oh my God! I'm so sorry. I, you know, I'm I'm such a bad swimmer, and I almost drowned you. Oh, <laughs> but luckily Vincent saved you, and so now uh, Terry is naked in bed, covered only with a bed sheet. And totally coming on to Vincent because she's into old dudes and he saved her life. And she's like, let's do it. And he's like, no, we must be married. But luckily, Wolfman Jack. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just not a fan of this married plot either. There, You could cut this whole thing. Again, That's what I'm saying. I think this is just somebody who is old enough that Wolfman Jack was an idol of theirs and wrote him into this thing and extended this movie by 10 minutes, 15 minutes maybe even, mm-hmm. that it didn't need to be, and it's a mistake. Yep. I think that's it. I think it's just, you know, they wanted him in here, and this is a perfect way to do it, but man. Yeah, because it, when they do the cameo, he's the one that tells Bruce that they're getting married. Like, Bruce could just see them sure. being boyfriend girlfriend at the house and be like why the hell are you into him like that could lead to the same thing that it did without the whole married subplot right exactly i mean and and they're crazy it would it really feels more like a crazy horror movie thing to have the the sister be the person presiding over the wedding Mm -hmm. and just like you know they've got a crazy mishmash of cannibal satanist christianity you know what i mean like the idea of this the, the whole hillbilly backwoods cannibal thing is like such a trope, such a terribly insulting trope to uh, <laughs> anyone who's Appalachian. But it, it's this trope that, you know, you can play with and do whatever you want. You know, that it can be like, oh, we've been so isolated that 
we've developed our own strain of Christianity that is based around cannibalism. Yep. Sure, whatever. And she's the the priest or reverend or whatever. Uh, yeah, Wolfman Jack should have been excised. Yes. So, uh, but we go out there. Uh, this the sheriff finds out from Wolfman Jack. Yep. Because he's out there reading a porno, and Wolfman Jack. He's reading the May nineteen issue <laughs> of uh nineteen eighty issue of Hustler, which I purchased today because. Of course you did. I have a fun little knack of pairing up uh. Mag- porn magazines and movies, the actual ones, with the tape itself for smut and tape pairings. Just the kind of thing I do. And yeah, we all have hobbies. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's so funny because I literally was just listening to a Kyle Kinane bit about like who the hell buys like f- the physical pornography anymore. Yep. Like, is there some sort of strain of hipster who got tired of records? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I know, I know who it is. I know him. Yeah. <laughs> I know this person. <laughs> so yeah, guilty. No, oh, oh, there you go. But uh, so this isn't. This is a cool scene. This is the the sheriff when he finds out. He flips out. He runs in. He busts down the door of the bathroom where Terry's t- uh, taking a bath. And of course, we get a bunch of boob shots. But he's like, "We gotta get out of here." You know, blah, blah, blah. you can't marry him. And of course, Vincent shows up behind him with a shotgun. <laughs> And takes a couple pretty good shots at him yeah. before he gets out the door. So he has tried to kill a police officer. You know, obviously he would spend the rest of his life in jail. But uh, it's his brother, though. But it's his brother. He's not going. He's not going to report him. Except that his brother thinks that he's fucking cannibalizing corpses. Yeah, so his brother could just, you know, I don't know, go to the police, and go like, to the FBI, go, 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 to, to, his, go to his anybody. friend Ted, his fellow officer friend. Yeah, yeah. Anything? Nope, none of that. So. Uh, there it goes. Uh, th- then we get this like little party. Uh, after he says that Vincent has syphilis of the brain or something <laughs> yeah. like that, and his wiener doesn't work, and that his wiener doesn't work. Uh, they they go in and Ida brings in two martini glasses with like I guess martinis. One is clear for Vincent and one is poison green. Which, yeah, she 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 ends up she ends up spiking her drink with poison that with, turns the entire glass dark green. Like bright fucking green. Come she's on. She's like, man. I don't notice anything. Glug 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 glug. <laughs> yeah. I mean there is a again, there's certain things about this that like if this was being played as a comedy, you would close up on that and make it more of a thing, but it's such a sideline. Where they've gone out of their way to make it bright green, but it's in the corner of the shot. It's not dead center where, like, a comedy beat would be. Yeah. And it, I, so much of this is so weird. I, I feel like that's just I'm part just of still the... half confused why she... Because he's in on it, too. He knows that Ida's poisoning oh, her uh, drink. Well, I mean, he's knocking her out. It's a it's a yeah. knockout drop to, to get her unconscious. Um, I don't but know why she why needs to she be Why she need to be unconscious? Like... A second ago, he was talking about bringing her in and teaching her all this stuff. Like, why? I don't know. Why aren't these people on the same page when they seemingly seem to be on the same page because (laughs) he knows she's poisoning her? I don't know. Whatever. Uh, So not being able to get with this lady after after they drop her like a sack of potatoes unconscious on the floor. uh, Bruce is like, well, if she's not going to date me, then I'm 
fine, I'll do police work then. <laughs> like, and this pisses him off to the point where he actually investigates some of the 50,000 disappearances locally. <laughs> and uh, he's like, uh, I'll pull off to the side of the road. Oh, crashed motorcycle with blood all over it. Interesting. Do to do. Oh, hey, there's a, there's big bite marks in it from where the trap bit the mm-hmm. wheel. That's interesting. Do to do. Oh, hey, a car that's crashed into the pond. Interesting. Oh. Somebody sunk some oh, evidence. Another car in the pond. Oh, another car in another, the pond. Oh, another car in the pond. Oh, they're just <laughs> stacked 50 cars high. Okay, cool. All right. Anyway, starting to see a pattern here, says Master Detective Bruce. I did some detective work. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, he totally says that line, too. I love it. He does. I did some detective work and found some stuff out. <laughs> I literally looked at the crash scenes that I 100% yeah. should have looked at before. But, I mean... You know, I can totally see a small town cop being like, oh, who fucking cares? <laughs> i got other stuff to do. I've got, I got meat to eat. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we get the, uh, we find out how they, how they kill the, the people who are in the secret garden. And it is, they have these crazy hypno wheels because no animal should be made to suffer. So they hypnotize them, put them to sleep. And they're like. Uh, and they talk a bunch of crazy shit. I, I can't decide if I hate this scene or not. This is one of those scenes too where I was just like, "This." Yeah. I, I was like, "This whole scene could be excised." Could. But then I'm thinking, this whole scene with the spiral yeah. special lights it makes the movie kind of special with that. It is. It's a pretty. It's but a pretty special scene. At the same time, I just feel it makes it drag more. Where it's just like, oh yeah, we couldn't just like get the trailer and be like, all right. They could have just brought the tractor out and be like, put the noose on. The hippies are ready. Pluck them right out and then move along. Sure. You know what I mean? But it, it does add something. But at the same time, it, it slows does. it down at the same time. It does. I feel like it gives them, like, I feel like it gives a little bit more uh, backstory to the people, to, like, their their version of this, like, uh, I don't know, conscious cannibalism, this sort of, like, yeah. helping the world and, like, oh, we don't want the... We don't want the livestock to suffer. And they don't want to deal with the karmic implications of it all, they say. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, yeah, and so they, they do this. There's some way too long scenes of Cliff Clavin yes. looking Ooh. at them, going in circles, staring at it. And then they put nooses around their neck, break their necks, and then drag them out, which is a disturbing scene as well. Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, it's all very upsetting. So, uh that's the end of Ivan and the Terribles. A total waste of literally the best part of this movie. Yeah. Like, they could have... That band could have been so much. They could have done so much with this band. And I'm sad that they did not. Uh, anyway, um, Bruce continues to do the absolute minimum amount of police work and yet finds all the evidence of Vincent's murders. Like, literally any human being who walked anywhere in this town <laughs> would have found one of Vincent's murder scenes. Uh, and Vincent and Ida are now back at the slaughterhouse cutting clothes off the band and Vincent takes a big old taste of people jerky to see if it's ready. It mm, is. It is. And uh, somehow one of the planted people gets loose here. Is it Bob? It, it, no, it's Boris. It, Sorry. It's Boris. It's a uh, dude's Terry's, girlfriend. Uh, dude's... Terry's boyfriend. Yes. So he he somehow wiggles himself out of the ground. And Took him long enough. It, it did. And uh, and he and Bruce breaks in while this guy's escaping. Mm-hmm. Bruce now breaks in to shake Terry out of her drug-induced coma, 
Uh, and she blows him off, assuming that he's just making stuff up to try to get with her again, which is not far from the truth, probably. Uh, she's all druggy groggy, too, but she's though, also, from the, yeah. the wine. So uh, Ida is, like, helping in the slaughterhouse, but she gets hungry and she has to go eat. So she <laughs> goes back to the kitchen and does some of Matt's favorite stuff, oh. combining weird foods in the kitchen. I love it. She puts ketchup on her fried chicken and whipped cream, whipped cream on, on, her, on, on her ham. <laughs> it's it's awesome. It's it's pretty fun. I knew Matt was going to love this scene. <laughs> uh, but She uses ketchup. Shout out to the video of Vagrants. <laughs> she, yeah, and I think it was sitting out on the counter. So that's how cannibals store their ketchup. <sighs> Just saying. It should be in the fridge. It should be in the fridge. <laughs> Only cannibals store their ketchup on the counter. <laughs> Uh, so she overhears Bruce telling the story of the murders because she just happens to be there. And she's like, uh-oh, well, we got to kill him. And this gives, like, the diff- the distance between Bruce leaving, he's like, I'm going to go. And Terry's too slow for him, so he's taken off. Yeah. But this distance gives Ida just enough time to attack him. And I could have sworn she stabbed him in the stomach or something. Yeah, I don't understand what happens here. I was, like, 100% sure that she had murdered him, but... She just, I guess, punches him in the stomach to unconsciousness. It just cuts him. This is like, I'll go find him later, I guess. I think maybe she football tackles him hard enough to knock him out or something like that. Sure. That might be that might be what's going on. But, um, yeah. So, uh, he's, he's unconscious. She steals his gun uh, and pulls the gun on Terry. And now she's like, it's time to teach you the finer points of meat smoking, <laughs> which was what they were going to do anyway. Yeah. But, uh, she doesn't really freak uh, like she doesn't freak out enough, but I guess she's also groggy from being drugged. Um, and I don't know what the plan here is, is the idea like I'm going to bring her in here. And if she sees what we're doing and doesn't lose her shit, I won't shoot her. I have no idea. That's that's my best guess. <laughs> but uh uh, Boris has freed everyone in the garden and now we have full on like basically they're zombies like yes. I think that was supposed to be a gag too because they're all walking like zombies they're making hissing noises they can't talk because their vocal cords are cut out it is a serial killer's idea of a funny gag I think uh, <laughs> but they do the full on like night of the demons walk down the down the walkway hotel, the hotel. boardwalk yeah, there. yeah yeah, yeah. And uh, they catch Ida smoking a cigarette, and she's attacked by all the garden people. I love how Ida's just like, oh, shit, bring it on. She yeah, doesn't, yeah. like, run or scream. She's just like, I could fight, like, 20 people at once. I mean, that is so <laughs> perfectly her character, yeah. too. I love that because it is 100% yep. what love that it. character would have done. So I, I did enjoy that. She does not run. Spoiler just, alert, she could not fight 20 people at once. Turns out she she over <laughs> she yeah. overestimates her abilities. Uh, they proceed to i assume beat her to death at this point well no they beat her to unconsciousness because we find out later she gets planted so stupid like both these characters have anticlimactic ends that i absolutely hate especially considering what she did to them was drastically worse than what they did to her and they're just like we're gonna put you upside down in the ground so your feet are kicking you got your lyrics cut out. What are you doing? <laughs> like, you should probably do... Like, I would assume you want to do worse. Yeah, I wanted, like, a grisly death for this character. I want a grisly death for both of these characters. And they both just, like, go out like suckers. Vincent, 
maybe not my not the way I would want to go. Vincent's death was unpleasant. I I would prefer he finished the job and be in two pieces. It's insane. Like give me a cool final death. Not like ow ow I cut my stomach. Oh crap, I'm gonna die. But now. then he couldn't bequeath the farm to Bruce, and it's like, dude. It's your brother. You kind of don't have any other relatives. Yeah. <laughs> it was going to go to him. He works for the police. He was going to make sure that that place went to him anyway. Yeah, and we don't even make any... <sighs> yeah, whatever. But uh, Vincent goes in. He gives his villain speech about how uh, there's too many people in the world and not enough food. So he's getting a twofer by killing off people. So they're not taking up any more space. Um Boris is trying to find an access point to the slaughterhouse while Terry is trying to get out. And she's like, she tries for the door and Vincent's like, well, it looks like if you're trying to escape, then you aren't ready to be a part of the family. So we're going to have to cook you and eat you. And he also gives a silly, there's too much people in the planet yep. speech. Yada yep. yada. And uh, so Vincent ties her up like, 20s serial style like like she's on a train track mm-hmm. like she's going into the into the the saw for the log in the mill or whatever it's a very it's very classic horror style yeah uh but uh the boris is like is watching from a skylight in the he couldn't, he couldn't get in the he couldn't get in the door so he climbs up onto the roof and and sure. jumps in that way to Super classy to put a skylight in your slaughterhouse. Right? To get his revenge on Vincent. Yes, but he does. He falls through the, through the ceiling. And, uh, yeah. And then Bruce blasts his way into... They, they just have a fight. Well, we get, well, he takes out a Boris first. They have that tussle, and then he throws... He strangles yes. Boris and chucks him into the smoker. Chucks him into the smoker. Then he grabs a chainsaw to fight. Right, so... We get we get Bruce coming in. He's got a he's got a shotgun, but we then, get we get the the mo- then we get the then we get the pig mask the most which which in picture form is an iconic visual. Like it looks great. Uh, in practice is pretty fun too. What I thought in practice it was pretty fun too. I thought the practical version of it looked cool. Oh no, I'm I'm, I'm saying it definitely looks cool, and it's a yeah. striking image, but it makes zero sense here. Like, it's clear as day that Farmer Vincent can't see anything out of this thing. <laughs> so, like... He's got a flair for the dramatic. Did he, and did he just... want to lose a fight? Like, he just comes out and he's like, Ah, I can't see shit. Let's fight. <laughs> I think he was hoping to put him off his game. I mean, dude, come on. I just... A guy bursts out of a, out of a room, out of a room in a slaughterhouse, wearing a giant pig's head, wielding a massive chainsaw, coming yeah. towards you, come on, that's going to throw you off your game. Oh, definitely. And I, I just feel like this works in a cartoon, but not a movie. Like, this would work in a video game. It, it, it <laughs> sure. did happen in a video game, uh, Manhunt. Yeah, yeah. Pigsy there. Um, but I just, it just seems so out of character for the farmer to do this. Like, I don't understand why he wouldn't come out and talk to Bruce or just right. like str- just come out and just kill him real fast like there's definitely a like come on we're family thing? what the fuck exactly man? like yeah. what like you'd think that there would be some sort of mention of the family but there's clearly there's some sort of rift going on anyway uh, and apparently this whole chainsaw dual battle thing was just a last minute thought when they were shooting this thing that took five days to shoot they said this one scene and I'm sorry, but I think this scene sucks. Oh, I thought it was cool. I think I this fight it. sucks. I, 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 I thought it was boring. Cool. 
I mean, the sound effects were hurting my ear. Like, I just, it's definitely <laughs> there's something about the about there's no, chainsaw fights in general yeah. when you're like, yeah, but like if there was a blade on that chainsaw, this would not go down the same way. You know, one of the chains would snap and someone would just basically get lashed to death. Yeah. Someone would get the chain across their face and die. But it's just such a clunky yeah, yeah. battle here. I, th- I think this pig head image thing would have worked great if it just like popped out, killed the guy fast. But uh, to keep battling with the pig head on. And I like silly stuff, but I'm just like, this is just... You see, I, I was... too silly. This is, this is like the one part of this movie that I like. So <laughs> so give me this. Come on, Matt. You let can me, have it. Let me have this part and the cows. Like those two parts of this movie are oh, Well, like, I like the cows. <laughs> <laughs> my two favorite parts. But yes. Uh, yeah. So Vincent basically... I mean, that's we do kind of get to see the thing, the problem with the idea of like somebody wielding a chainsaw as a weapon here, mm-hmm. because Vincent basically nearly takes out his own legs twice. Oh, in yeah. This fight. And it's like, yeah, if, if you wield a chainsaw as a weapon, especially when you got a 50 pound pig head on your head, your yeah, balances exactly. are going to be a wonky as well, too. You're so. probably going to you're probably going to do something terrible to yourself. And guess what? Spoiler alert. He does. <laughs> for uh, what happens here. He basically walks into Bruce's chainsaw. And saws himself halfway in half. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's gross. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, it's not... I mean, for this movie, it is a shockingly mild denouement for the character. Yep. Like, for a movie that has gone as far as this movie has gone, it's like... Oh. In my opinion, it just didn't go far enough. I yeah, want to oh, see, see a totally grisly death for this dude, and I we just get this agree. like, "Oh, my tummy." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's it's un it's unpleasant, but it gives him a chance to do his last speech, where, uh, which is supposed to be a humor joke, where he's like, oh, "My whole life was a lie." <laughs> the, I mean, okay, that, I was the biggest hypocrite of all. I used preservatives. preservatives. I'm not gonna lie, that landed for me, man. I it landed. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm a sucker, but it landed for me. No, not me. Um, But yes, he bequeaths the hotel to Bruce. He's like, oh, well, you bested me fair and square, and the rules (laughs) of rural wherever the hell we are, if you win a chainsaw fight, you get to keep my property. As long as you bury me, come sun up. Yes, also a rule (laughs) in this county for reasons unknown. Uh, And so there's another scream in the secret garden, and Bruce runs out to pull the only bag that's left in the garden and he finds Ida's feet kicking upside down. This too, what the fuck? And she gives one last twitch and dies. This wasn't funny or... It wasn't. And again, it's like, it's so cartoony. Yeah. And in a movie that didn't know how to be cartoony. It, like, this movie does not know how to be cartoony. Terrible at being cartoony. It is, again, Mm -hmm. it's like, it's like somebody. It's like a serial killer telling you knock knock jokes that they made up. Like you feel <laughs> like you're in a prison, and like there's somebody who like ate his entire family, and he's like, you know what's really funny? <laughs> <laughs> Eating toes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'd get it if you were a murderous cannibal. Like <laughs> I, I don't understand. But uh, yeah. Terry says, it's an evil motel. You should just burn it down. And then the sign explodes and we get a hot country western number to close it all out. Yeah, but That's my, it. My, Into the trash with you notes. My, my big problem is just, yeah, both of the both of the lead baddies' deaths are just totally anticlimactic. Yep. And 
there's zero follow-up to the zombie army. I, well, what happened to them? Okay, this is the this is that chainsaw thing. This is the and what will be left of them problem that when you have your cute, funny, hilarious horror movie when people are just killed when they're just like dead and they're cartoonishly stabbed like in a Halloween movie where Michael Myers stabs somebody and for some reason a kitchen knife going into their stomach makes them die instantaneously. Mm -hmm. That's a cartoonish way to kill someone. And you don't really feel this horrible, like, whatever. These are people, you have to think about, you're left at the end of this movie thinking about people whose lives are ruined by the thing that has happened to them. That mentally, emotionally, and physically, they have been so damaged that they will never be the same. And it's like, that doesn't leave you on a, like, what a blast that horror movie was. Oh, like, I don't, like, you're saying they purposely don't, follow up with that right well but no i i feel like even to not bum you out or i feel like it bums you out no matter what yeah like they're not gonna follow up because what are they gonna do cut to the next day and it's like oh it's uh, a good thing that we had that throat rehab clinic that also no, no, deals no, 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 with no, no, trauma no. <laughs> <laughs> i'll tell you what's gonna what they're gonna do we get a one year later postscript and all of them are like bellboys at the hotel which is actually running like a hotel and they're still all gargling left and right, carrying people's backs, <laughs> holding out their hand for a tip and be like, <laughs> you know what? You fucking nailed it, dude. <laughs> nailed it. No notes on that one. Absolutely. Yeah. That is how this movie should have ended. Yeah. A hundred percent. No notes. And they all, and they all with, with Terry and Bruce and all the throat people Fuck. run this hotel together. Yep. That should have been the end. Yeah. Absolutely should have been. Uh, yeah. And, it, and it should have been like. It should have been some sort of vegetarian farm or oh, something perfect, like that. Perfect. They're like, and <laughs> you know, Farmer Vincent over here is where we smoke our tofu. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like we raise soy or whatever yeah. out back, and it's like all hippied out. And you know what? Perfect. God damn it. That's a that's a huge complaint I have with this. Is I just absolutely detest the ending of this. I just find it boring. Like yeah. I, just, I just find the anti the cl- closing fights kind of boring. It's See, like, I just find it depressing. But again, I think yeah. I might have some mental issues. You've got some issues <laughs> of the movie. I just think it's I don't find this movie disturbing at all. There's I mean, there's definitely disturbing things, but it's so silly and stupid that yeah, I can't yeah. really get disturbed by it. Right, fair. But I just wish it had a better ending. It just then it just ends. Yeah. We're just like okay. Like what? I, I need I need to follow up on these characters. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, yeah. No, your ending is perfect. Is Terry and Bruce hook up? Do they stay together? Do they run the hotel together? What happens to the zombies? Like they don't care at all. <sighs> They're gonna have. I mean, and it's like is Ida dead? Bruce is gonna have to wait until he ages considerably. Or okay, here we are. We have a Bruce Campbell situation at the end of Evil Dead Two. Yeah. So he's so traumatized by the pig chainsaw fight that was so horrifying his hair goes completely white terry's into him now oh love he it. looks old perfect there you go yep and they get married <laughs> <laughs> with wolfman jack officiate there wolfman, was actually, wolfman jack officiate there and, was a wedding scene with uh, wolfman jack officiating that they cut and this movie already goes an hour and 40 who <laughs> Oh my god. Can you imagine it being much. even longer? That is too much. <laughs> I can't imagine what you could put in that scene to make it like what what could possibly drive Why a would, wedding scene right? forward that would forward the plot in any way. Yeah. Uh oh boy. All right. 
Well, there it is. So that is that is Motel Hell, which is which Motel I Hell. I don't hate this movie, but I don't really enjoy it. But no. I do respect it for it's it's just so odd. It's so weird. Like it's I so gotta respect it. I gotta respect Absolutely. its weirdness. Yeah. I I love that it exists. Again, it weirded me out as a kid. And so I think I still have some weird, weird issues with it. Yep. I'm going to watch it again. Yep. Like even, even with that, it's like, I find a lot of the stuff unpleasant, but it's, it is such a weird movie and I can't identify where anyone would come up with these ideas. It feels like something where maybe everything in this was supposed to be a joke, but the person writing it didn't know what jokes were or like thought that it would come off differently and it comes off way darker than they expected it to. It's just, I would love to have some sort of insight into the writing of this movie. Yep. And I will watch it again with that in mind too, because it's fucking, I would, I would love to read the original script. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's ever a possibility or that's out there, but yeah, I would love to see the original. I want to know what, (laughs) because originally it was just nothing but a dark, yeah, depressing movie. Like, so, hmm. Well, oh, I yeah. would have been into it. Anyway, so that's it. Uh, you can follow us at Funbox Monster Podcast, uh, and you can buy things from CoCityComics.com to help us. Yeah. It helps us make this thing uh, and do weird things like put it on YouTube for reasons that I'm not 100% sure There's of. all sorts of new shirts up here. We've got so many new shirts. We've got all sorts of stuff. So please come in. Uh, we appreciate the support. Uh, if you have not already, we really would appreciate it if you would rate and review us on different mediums, uh, the iTunes, the Googles, and the whatnots. Apparently, you can do it on sh- on uh, Spotify now. Yeah, that's right so. here. So that would be cool. And you can follow me at uh, Matt Awkward, VHS Fiend on Instagram. And uh, make sure you check out the Video Vagrants group on Facebook. And we do a uh, movie every Friday night on the Video Vagrants YouTube channel at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Nice. Awesome. Well, thank you again. And we will see you next week. Good night. Paces. Bye, wherever you are. Oh, are you up there? Oh, hey. Oh, it's that one. <laughs> oh, this is weird.